Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Oh, yes. Give him a good hand clap. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise him together. Let's exalt his name together. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. I love, I love his name. Amen. There have been instances, so many instances in my life where all I had a time, the time to do was to say his name. And it was enough. I said, it's enough. I'm thankful I have a name. That's above every name. Amen. And, and, and I'm so appreciative for, for all that he's done. I'm thankful for the Spirit of God that's been moving in these services. And, and you, you, you can't orchestrate it. No matter how hard we try, you can't orchestrate a move of God. Amen. I said, you can't orchestrate a move of God. You can push and prime and try and do your best, but uh, you don't have nothing but emptiness because God ain't a part of all that. And so when he spontaneously moves, we got to respond. Amen. Our schedule's got to put on hold and our, and our activity's got to go on the wayside. Amen. Because he stepped in and, and uh, I appreciate the sensitivity of your your, your leadership, your pastor, your bishop, and I appreciate all that, all that they are doing to, uh, to push a revival in this, in this area. And I believe that uh, uh, the best is yet to come. And uh, I, don't, I don't say things uh, just to say things. I preached a revival a couple of weeks ago in Ozark, Arkansas, and the Lord spoke, spoke to me right in the middle of the service. And, and you, can, you can ask the pastor, he, he's uh, he's confirmed it already. I told him God's fixing to uh, pour out revival in this city, in this church. <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, as of yesterday, yesterday they baptized 11. Amen. I'm just telling you, I'm not, I don't say things just to say things, but if God speaks to me, amen, I believe God, God uh, is going to honor his, his word, and, and I felt something in this place. Amen. You don't feel it everywhere you go. You don't feel it uh, everywhere you preach, and, but when you feel something moving and you feel God uh, uh, is, is pleased and responding to, to uh, uh, what's going on, he was so pleased with Solomon's uh, temple that he built that uh, the glory cloud filled so much that the priest couldn't minister. Amen. Amen. I believe God wants to return to those days where where he fills the house so much that every need is met and every person leaves changed and every person leaves knowing that they've had an encounter with God. Amen. And uh, if you want that to fall in your house, in this house, and in your community, why don't you give God one more good hand clap of praise and shout. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 
Oh, I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. And God is moving here. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just honored to be a part of, of whatever and wherever God's moving. That's, that's, I just want to be a part. Amen. I just want to be a part. Doesn't matter who gets, who gets what. Amen. Amen. I just want God to get the glory. Amen. I was, uh, I, I, I had a thought yesterday afternoon before. I didn't know I was going to uh, preach tonight, but I had a thought of, of a message that God gave me uh, a few weeks, well, probably a couple months ago. And, and, uh, and so I just kind of put it away in my mind and maybe the next time I come, I'll, I'll, I'll preach it. And then, and then, uh, this service was scheduled and, and I said, okay, God, I'll preach it to, tomorrow night. And, and, um, I'm just, I just believe God, God likes to confirm his word. And so when, when, Sister Samson was singing, I'll never forget. I just kind of turned around, looked at the wall and smiled a little bit. Said, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I don't, uh, I don't I mean, he don't have to confirm anything with me, but it sure does make it nice. Amen. And so if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 6. And verse 43, we'll start reading there in verse 43. Uh, give honor to all the ministry there. I don't believe I've ever met your Brother Turner, but I look forward to, to, um, to shaking your hand, talking to you after service. And I and, uh, believe God's going to do great things. And I enjoy the ministry, enjoy fellowship. And you'll have to excuse my voice. Uh, I, have, I have a... I was playing basketball years ago with my brother. Every, every injury I've ever had, I was doing something stupid. And so I was playing basketball with my brother, and he jumped up. <laughs> yeah, I had some witnesses in here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and he jumped up, and his shoulder caught me right in the Adam's apple. So my Adam's apple is actually twisted to the side. Uh, so, so after I preach a little while, I get a little weak. <clears throat> and the, the ear, nose, and throat guy put that camera down my down my throat years ago and said, hey, y'all come here, look at this. And I was fixing to give him more than he wanted to see if he didn't pull it out of my throat. But, uh, but there was no damage in there. And uh, they said, well, we can correct it and put it back and put plates in your throat and, and all that, or you can just go on with life with a weak voice. I said, I'll take the latter. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, so I, I get a little weak voice every once in a while and and he said, you just need to rest and be quiet. And I just looked at him and said, yeah, right. So anyway, so excuse me if I squeak and squawk and, and do all this. Uh, but I do, I do feel the Holy Ghost directed me to this. Mark chapter 6, verse 43. And they took up 12 baskets, everybody say full, of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. And straightway, or immediately is what that word means, he constrained them or he forced his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before to Bethsaida. And while he sent away the people, amen, he, he, he made them collect 12 baskets full 
Amen. And one, one of the accounts of this story said that there'd be no waste. And so uh, God doesn't ever want you to waste a miracle, by the way. And so, so he, he made them collect those baskets, and then he made them immediately get into a boat. And so I want to preach to you by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight. Consider the fragments. Consider the fragments. And if you'll put down your Bibles, lift up your hands. Uh, I believe God's going to talk to us tonight. Can we pray right now? God, I thank you. I love you. I praise you, Lord. I'm asking for your help right now, Jesus. Asking for you to touch your people, God. Ask you to touch my mind. Ask you to touch my voice. God, I'm asking you to speak directly to your people, Lord, from the very beginning to the very end, Lord. God, let your anointing rest in this house, Lord. Your word is already anointed. God, we thank you for that anointed word, Lord. Now I'm asking for your anointing to rest upon me. God, I'll give you all the praise and honor you know I will. I thank you. I love you. I can't do it without you, Jesus. Help us tonight, God. We'll give you all the praise and glory. Please help me give God praise one more time. Amen. Magnify him together. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody give a shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, yes, Lord. Amen, amen. You can be seated today. Amen. Straightway, immediately, he forces his disciples to get into the ship. He sends away the people, collects 12 baskets full of fragments, puts his disciples and the fragments in the boat and sends them to the other side. And he himself goes, the Bible says, into a mountain to pray. Amen. The word consider means to think carefully about, especially in order to make a decision. When you consider something, you're to contemplate about it or reflect on. You're to redeem or, or, or deem or guard it to be. You're to think, you're to believe. You're supposed to uh, dwell on it. You're, you're to bear in mind, one, one definition is, and, and to make allowance for. You're to pay attention to. When you consider something, you're supposed to pay attention to it. You're supposed to regard it. God is a God of details. His attention to detail is often very evident. From the snow-capped mountains to uh, flowers blooming in the field all the way down to the design of a falling snowflake, he, he's very detailed. Amen. He, he was detailed when he told Noah what he wanted the ark to be made out of and how it was to be made. He was very specific because he knew that the, 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 the saving of his house was dependent upon Noah obeying the details. Amen. And so he, he, he carried that on into building the tabernacle and how everything was orchestrated there. Everything God does is very detailed. Amen. But oftentimes he gives us very little detail. I say it all the time when I think about this. It'd be real nice if God told you in the morning how your day was going to go. Amen. That'd be real nice to wake up and have a handwritten letter from God. Okay, at 1030, this is what's going to happen. Just wanted you to be prepared, but that's not how it works in life. 
he, he usually gives us very little details. Even when there's, even when you can operate in, in the prophetic and, and see things and have dreams and visions, those are just glimpses. Those are just looking through glasses dimly and 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 so so it, it, it's it, it's often very little specifics. He most often just puts us in a boat and tells us to go to the other side. He forgets to mention the storm. He forgets to mention the rain. He 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 doesn't talk to us about the wind resisting us and and the toiling and rolling that's fixing to happen. He doesn't tell us about the darkness coming. He doesn't tell us about all the chaos that we're about to, uh, about to embark upon. And, and he just says, listen, I want you to go to the other side. He doesn't tell us any details. Amen. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, quit worrying about the lack of details in your life. Amen. Quit worrying about things that you, you are trying to figure out. You don't, it doesn't make sense to you. Don't let what he didn't tell you forget what he, he did tell you. Amen. Don't let what he forgot to mention uh, make you forget about what he's already done. Amen? What you consider matters. Psalms 8 and 3, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? Don't worry, we'll, we'll get going here in a little bit. Sometimes it takes a while to get a train moving, but we'll get there. When you don't see a way out, I want you to consider this. Deuteronomy 32 and 7 says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many, everybody say many, generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. I used to wonder, Brother Samson, Brother Caleb Samson, I used to wonder as a little boy raised in a pastor's home and around ministry all my life, I used to wonder, and, 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 and Sister, Sister Samson uh, uh, reminded me of it yesterday on our way to eat lunch. I heard her in the background, in the back seat, not, not telling you how to drive. I heard that too, but, but, uh, but, uh, but she said something like, thank you, Jesus, or I love you, Jesus. Some, some praise came out of her mouth. When I, was, when I was growing up, I'd, I, was, I would always wonder, a little kid, it just it always stuck out to me. I mean, I'd be driving down the road and somebody scared me out to death. They'd say, thank you, Jesus, and praise God. And, and I would wonder what was going on. But the older I get, the more I realize it's because they've been with him a little while. And they remember his faithfulness. And they remember times that they didn't know how they were going to make it out, Sister Samson. And that praise just automatically starts bubbling out. It's just something that comes from a relationship with him. And in Deuteronomy, Moses said, listen, when you go through things and you don't understand how you're going to get a way out of it, you go find a new an elder and you say, will you tell me about the good old days? Will you tell me about the time you didn't have no money, but he showed up? Will you tell me about the time you didn't know how your baby was going to get healed, but God stepped in and he healed and God stepped in and he delivered and God made a way where there was no way. Find you somebody 
Moses said with a little gray hair that's walked with him a little while and let them tell you what God's done. When you don't know how you're going to get out, you find you an elder. You find somebody that says, thank you, Jesus. You find somebody that has a praise automatically. I pulled up my wife and daughter's to the library a few years ago and, uh, and they went into the library and, and, and uh, if it's not Dr. Seuss I'm usually not checking it out but uh, I was sitting there and, and I was in the, in, in the car and they were going in there doing their stuff and, and I, I, was, I was just sitting there and, and, and man the Holy Ghost just came up on me brother, brother Samson I, I had some, I had some uh, gospel music playing and, and one of those songs just hit just right and and, and man, I just started, I just started praising God, worshiping God. The Holy Ghost came on me. I started speaking in tongues and, and the, the, I mean, just filled the car and I got done. And all of a sudden I heard a voice in the back say, what was that for, daddy? I'd forgot my youngest was still in the car. And then I remember the scripture. I walked with him a little bit. Young people, I've, I've, I've seen him do things. I've seen him do things. Listen, when you lose 20 pounds in three days and the doctor says, I don't know what's wrong with you, you bring him in in the morning, we got to do something. He's, he's going downhill fast and you make your way to a Wednesday night service and you go all up to the front and they anoint you with oil and you get a phone call Thursday morning and they say, I don't know what happened overnight, but we went and checked the blood again and everything's okay and everything's all right. Listen, when you bend down the road a little bit, when you understand the faithfulness and the power of God, you get a little excited when something moves and reminds you just how good God is. And so I know now why Sister Samson says, thank you, Jesus. I know now, brother, I know now why all of a sudden something just bubbles out. Because he's faithful. He's good, Sister Samson. He's so kind. He's so loving. Listen, I've got hope for somebody tonight. I don't care how bad your storm is. I don't care how far you've gone from God. I don't care how much baggage you brought in here. He's still good. He still loves you. He's still faithful. He's still kind. Find yourself somebody. Listen, we've all messed up. We've all dropped the ball. We've all been in need of mercy. But thank God he was faithful. He was good when I wasn't good, when I didn't deserve it, he showed up. When you fall, consider this. First Samuel 12 and 20, and Samuel said unto the people, fear not, you have done all this wickedness. He understands, he's not, he's not condoning sin, but he says you messed up. But don't turn aside from following the Lord. See, the devil will try to convince you because you mess up, you don't have a place in here. He'll tell you, you messed up, you might as well leave. Samuel said, listen, fear not. I understand you messed up, but don't stop serving God. 
I understand you're bound, but don't stop coming. I understand you're oppressed, but don't stop praising God. Don't stop worshiping God. You want me to fake it until I make it? No, I want you to faith it until you make it. I want you to be faithful and show up anyway and, and come to God anyway and praise God anyway and worship God anyway and, and he'll work out all the details in your life. He'll work out all the specifics. He said, don't turn aside from follow the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Turn not aside. Don't go after vain things. What can it profit you? They're all vain, he says. For the Lord, everybody say the Lord, will not forsake his people. And here's the reason why. It says, for his great name's sake. He's got a lot invested in you, young man. He's got his name on you, young lady. And he's faithful. And he's going to be there with you. And he said, it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. I'm so thankful that I have had men and women of God in my life that has pulled me aside and prayed for me. And said, you might not be where you're at right now, but you just keep doing right. You keep living right. You keep trying. It's going to be alright. It's going to be okay. Just don't stop serving God. I was 18 years old. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 15. Even though I was raised in a pastor's home, I tried for years. I could not get the Holy Ghost. And finally at 15, 1991, July 4th, it was my Independence Day. God gave me, filled me with the Holy Ghost at the youth camp. I went to school, went to, it was a Christian school, it wasn't apostolic school, it was a Christian school, and it was just public school 2.0 was all it was. And I, I kind of slid a little bit. And so at 18 years old, I'm, I'm, I've got my eyes on with Louis Steele's granddaughter, and I'm at Robber's Cave camp meeting. And I'm asking God, I'm begging God, please make that, that pretty girl my wife. And I was sitting right on the second row on the right. If I'm on the platform, be my right, your left, second row. And Brother Don Abernathy was preaching that camp meeting. And he looked and pointed at me, and I promise you, that he was probably from here to you, sister. And it looked like he touched my nose with his finger. He said, come here, son. I went walking up to the front. Elvis Presley thought he had knees weak and legs shaking. I, I was, my legs were shaking and my knees were weak when he called me out. And he said, son, ever since you're a little boy, you've been touched by people with sickness and disease and heartache and pain. Ever since you're a little boy, you wanted to heal people. Ever since you're a little boy, you were sensitive. I remember eight, nine years old, I was sitting at the top of my stairs, and I, was, I woke up in the middle of the night, I went to sit on the top of my stairs. My mom walked out of the bedroom, and I said, Grandma's dead, isn't she? I knew what he was talking to me was the truth. But life had caused me to kind of slide away a little bit. Worldliness. He looked at me and said, Son, 
Get the world inside of your heart. God is going to, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Listen, he could have said, you, what are you doing, kid? He could have said, man, you, 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 you got so much promise and all you, you, you messed up and all this stuff and ran me off. But he understood if I was ever going to make it, I had to stay serving a God that loves me even when I fail. That loves me even though when I'm not towing the line like I should be and loves me even though I don't have everything put together. And, 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 and Moses is trying to tell, or Samuel's trying to tell the people, listen, you just serve the Lord, fear the Lord, and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider how great things he's done to you. I remember Brother Abernathy telling me, listen, boy, God's been with you. God's all, uh, he's always been with you. And he began to speak things over my life. And I just started bawling and crying because everything he said was true. Uh, I'm telling a young person, old person, don't matter your age, what you're going through, don't stop serving God just because it gets dark, just because you get a little cold, just because you get a little far away from him, but stay faithful to the one who calls you, stay faithful to keep coming and keep doing your best, consider what he's done for you, as Samuel said, remember. When you feel the word, you're going to make it. You don't know how it's going. I know there's a lot of people here tonight. You're under so much pressure. I felt it pulling up in the parking lot tonight. There's just pressure on people. Life has a way of giving you pressures. <clears throat> Can I be so bold as to talk to somebody right now? You are under such a financial load. It's affecting your worship and your praise. And the problem is the devil's got you convinced your situation is bigger than your God. And the more you focus on that situation, the smaller God's going to get and the bigger it's going to get. If you don't understand what I'm saying, I don't know. I, don't, I, I guess I could just call you up here, but I don't feel like doing that. I'm telling somebody right now, it's time you consider what God has done in your life. Jesus said, when you think you're not going to make it, when you think you're not going to have the necessary needs or means uh, to live, you look at the ravens, you look at the lilies, you look at the things around you. Have not I created them, clothed them? They're more beautiful than Solomon was. Uh, yet I love you more. I'm going to provide for you more. I'm telling somebody right now, Stop looking at your problem. Stop looking at your debt. Stop looking at your bills. And look at who God is. Look how big he is. Look how great he is. Oh, come on, somebody give him praise right now. Consider the lilies. They don't toil. They don't spin. Yet look how beautiful they are, he said. Look how I take care of them. Aren't you more valuable, more precious than lilies? But when you're in a storm, and this is what I felt Sunday afternoon. I didn't know tonight was going to happen. 
I didn't feel it for Sunday night either. But when you're in a storm, what do you consider? And they took up 12 baskets full. Say it with me. They took up 12 baskets full of the fragments. He makes them get into a boat, tells them to go to the other side, sends away the people, and he goes to the mountain and prays. And when the evening was come, the Bible says the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. I want to tell somebody, I want, I want you to, if you got a notebook, you write this down because you need to go, go back and remind yourself. When you're simply doing what he told you to do and a storm comes, what do you consider then? Because there's somebody here tonight, maybe a few somebodies. You're, you're confused right now because you were doing just what he said to do. And a storm showed up. You weren't sinning. You weren't disobeying your pastor. You've been faithful in your tithes and offerings. You're faithful to the house of God. And a storm showed up. And all you've been doing was exactly what he's been telling you to do. And if you're not careful, and the Bible says, Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will I find faith in the earth. Amen. There's, that lets me know that there's going to be so much pressure and so much intense intensity of trials and, and situations that it's going to get so bad that people are going to lose faith in God. They're going to lose faith in what he promised. I'm telling somebody right now, what do you do when you're doing exactly what God says uh, and the wind starts blowing and the sky gets dark uh, and the lightning crashes and the thunder rolls and the storm blows and the wind's coming against you? What are you going to do then? What do you consider then? What happens in your life at that moment? The Bible says in verse 48, he saw them toiling. And every time, I'm, I, I don't, I, it's not in my notes to do this. Every time I get to verse 48, I just feel like running around the church. I'm not going to do it because I might break something. <laughs> oh, I messed up this ankle really bad playing basketball. But he saw them toiling and rowing. And this is what makes me get so excited. We're talking about in the middle of the night, in the middle of an ocean or a sea, there's no navigational beacons, no GPS, no Coast Guard going to show up. No lighthouse with its beams shining out everywhere. You know what? It's pitch black. And the Bible says Jesus saw them. And that gets me excited. Because no matter how dark it gets. No matter how hard the storm is. <laughs> No matter how the struggle is, no matter if I barely get to the house of God, no matter if I barely crawl up, amen, to the pulpit, no matter if I barely get to my place of prayer, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how strong the wind's blowing, no matter if I can't see the hand in front of my face, he can still see me. He knows exactly where I'm at. 
that. So why don't I just get a little excited again tonight and praise God for in the middle of my mess, there he is. In the middle of my situation, he sees me. It can't get too dark that he can't see you. And mama, that goes for your boy too. He still sees him. If we're able to ask questions, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find Nathaniel. He'll be one of the first ones I ask. I'm going to ask Nathaniel, what's the big deal about him seeing you under the tree? That's all it says. They're wanting to show Nathaniel Jesus is Christ, the Messiah. And he walks up to the introduction and Jesus says these words to Nathaniel. I saw you under that tree. And Nathaniel said, you're the Messiah. I don't know what Nathaniel was going through. But when Jesus said, I saw you, he said, that's it. I, I kind of believe he had a rough spell in his life. I kind of believe maybe he was trying to just throw it all away and say, I give up. I'm tired. It'll never come to pass. The Messiah's never going to show up. It's never going to get any better. Why don't I just end my life? It's just rough. It's too hard. I don't know how I'm going to make it out. And Jesus said, Nathaniel, guess what, buddy? I saw you under that tree. And he said, that's enough for me. He didn't know what I was going through. I thought I was all by myself. But yet he saw me. It was enough for Nathaniel to say, that's it. Case closed. You're him. I got to tell somebody right now, he saw you. He saw you, sir. He knows what you're going through, man. Don't ever let the devil tell you You've gone too far. The fact that you're here tonight. The fact that you got here. What did I tell you Sunday? They're already going to face so much junk going through those doors. That once they get in here, we ought to praise God and shout. Because they already overcame every devil and demon in hell that tried to keep them out of this place. Now they're here. Now let's have a party. Now they're here. Now let's get the king in here and let him fix everything that's going on in their life. He saw you. He saw you. I saw you, Nathaniel. He saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, the darkest part, he came to them. There's so, I, I mean, I could preach several messages just on 48. It's the fourth watch of the night. He comes walking upon them. And the Bible says he would have passed them by. That always bothered me. He saw them struggling. He put them in the boat. He knew they were going to the other side. He knew the storm was coming. He knew the panic would be. He knew the wind. He knew the severity of the situation. 
He knew they were panicking in the middle, in the darkest part of the night. See, the darkness, in the darkness, that's where you get confused about which way you're going. You need light in a dark sea because you don't know where you're going. And so, Jesus, though, would have passed them by. And I thought for years, how? Why? And I'm preaching this passage, of, and I'm not even preaching this message I'm preaching tonight. I'm preaching from the story. I'm talking about he's in the midst of the sea, much what I just said to you a little bit ago. I was preaching that, and all of a sudden, while I'm preaching this, at Brother Heron's actually, while I'm preaching this, the Holy Ghost just went, now, I'm not going to add, Brother Turner, I'm not going to add or take away from Scripture. This is, i gotta, I got to preface this. This is just my opinion, okay? So don't, don't. I ask myself, why would he pass them by? It says he would have passed them by. What would cause Jesus to want to pass by people that were doing just what he said to do? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me right in the middle of a sermon. I said, could it be? What? what, And and, and let me tell you this. These are experienced fishermen. Okay? James and John, that's all they did. Peter was a fisherman as well. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee was a, he was a very, he was a very successful fisherman. Had, 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 had much, much success. In, so, so these boys knew everything about fishing. Everything about sea wearing and, 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 and handling, and handling storms. What would cause Jesus to pass by? And, and, and again, it's just, it's just what I felt. This is what I thought. What do you do when you start taking on water? What do you do when the storm gets so bad you're taking on water? You start throwing things overboard. You start throwing everything over that's not necessary. And I thought to myself, could it be that that they threw over some baskets? Because later on, Mark says they consider not the fragments. They didn't consider them. You got some little kids' baskets over here. I don't want to throw them, break up your baskets, kids. But They didn't consider them. My opinion is, because I read it to you twice, he took up the 12 baskets, made them get in a boat immediately, and made them get to the boat and go the other side. Another scripture says that it wouldn't be any want. So this is just my opinion. Again, my opinion. But I feel, I feel strong in the Holy Ghost because these men knew how to handle seas. And when they're taking on water, you start looking at things that you don't need because you need to lighten the load so the boat will get above the waves. And so they're throwing everything over. And I just, it's just me. It's just me. I'm careful because I don't want to add. I don't want to do this, but... I'm not, and I'm not going to do that, but I just couldn't help but think, God, why would you pass by them? Could it be that he starts seeing some fragments float by? Mark wasn't on board, okay? Mark wasn't part of the story. Mark was told 
what happened. Okay? Mark, though, never talks about Peter walking on the water. What impressed Mark, what Mark had to write down was they didn't consider the fragments. Now, a guy walking on the water seemed to be like a pretty big deal. But to Mark, it was no big deal. He couldn't understand how they just got through feeding, watching God take five loaves, two fishes, multiply it, and feed at least 5,000 men. No telling how many women and children. He said, are you kidding me? They just took five loaves, two fish, and fed that many people. And you, in a moment of panic, in a moment of fear, because the storm got so bad, you just casually tossed that off. You didn't even consider what God just got through doing for you. You didn't even think about what God already made a way for you. You you saw firsthand miracle that, that the Bible talks about is one of the greatest miracles ever recorded. You just saw the greatest thing ever recorded, one of, and you don't even consider it. I don't care about Peter walking on the water. How could you forget? How could you forget what God's done in your life? How could you go from miracle to failing and miracle to panic and miracle to fear and miracle to think there's no way I'm going to get out of it? I'm telling somebody right now, you need to remind yourself that God's been good to you. You need to remind yourself that God made a way where there seemed to be no way and he's going to make a way right now. You just got to consider the fragments already in your life. It's not a big deal that Peter walked on water. The big deal was they forgot. How did you forget? He doesn't even write down Peter walked on the water. But he writes down how. How could you forget? You know what the Bible says about the breaking point of God taking his children out of Egypt when they started doubting and limiting the Holy One of Israel because they said, you got us out, but you can't take us in. I'm telling somebody right now, he's already done so many great things in your life. And you're crumbling at something that's going on right now. When you've climbed bigger mountains, you've walked through darker valleys. Don't you let the devil tell you, it's it, it's over. I'm worn out. I'm tired. No, no, no. You are already a miracle. You shouldn't be here, but God showed up and made a way. You shouldn't have what you have, but God stepped in. Don't forget what he's done for you. Stop and consider the miracles of the fragments. It's all I got to hold it on to. He purposely put it in their possession. Brother Samson, he purposely gave it to them. Jesus said, here's the fragments because I know what you're going to face. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion, Sister Samson. But he made them take up the fragments and get in a boat. And then he's trying to go rescue them. He's walking on water. What? See, God already provided a way of escape for you. 
Let me tell you about God's plan in your life. It's just like a building code plan. You know what they ask for first when they build a, uh, build a commercial building in Tulsa? They want to know where the fire escape is. That's the first thing they ask because they want to know how people are going to get out. Listen, God has already built in your situation right now the escape plan. You just got to trust God that no matter how it gets, no matter how bad it is, God's already made a way out for you and you need to worship him. You need to trust him. This storm's not going to take you out. He's already put in the plans a way for you to escape. And if he has to, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. It does not matter. He can do it. He didn't consider. And he's walking on water. And he says, you know what? I'm going to pass by. They're going to have to prove to me they want me. They're going to have to get my attention now. Because I already made a way for them. I already put a reminder. Listen, God puts reminders in your storms for you to hold on to to get you through it. Every time you go through something, I promise you, there'll be a phone call, there'll be a song, there'll be a text, there'll be a call, there'll be a message, there'll be something happen in the middle of your storm. It's God giving you a fragment, dropping a fragment in your boat saying, you're not going down, you're not going under, you're gonna make it to the other side. Don't let what he didn't tell you make you forget what he did tell you. You're going to make it. You're going to be all right. Just keep on holding on to the fragments. He would have passed by. He said, I'm done. They'll drown because I already provided them what they needed to believe I'm able. That was Moses' warning. He said, when you get over there and you live in houses you didn't build and you drink from wells you didn't dig and you eat from vineyards you didn't plant, you better not forget Listen, we're living better than we've ever lived. We've got great things. God's been good to us. But if we're not careful, the very next thing, the very next thing that shows up will knock you off your feet. And it's really not anything bigger than what you already went through. It's just you forgot. You didn't think about it. You didn't consider. You didn't reflect on. You didn't look back on. You didn't contemplate it. You didn't think about it. You didn't deem it as possible that somehow God was going to step in. And now you're overwhelmed by a storm when God already provided the means to get you over. When they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit. Let me tell you something. When you hear me now, this, this, this may be something that that God wants somebody really to remember. When you stop considering what God's done for you, in the middle of your storm, you won't recognize him. Because they thought it was a spirit. 
They didn't even recognize who it was. And they slept with him. They walked with him. They ate with him. They listened to him. They held the hands of people that got healed. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him just do five loaves, two fishes, and made all kinds of great things happen. They saw all this stuff, and now they don't even recognize him. Twelve hours later, they don't even know who he is. I'm telling somebody right now, in the fear of God, you need to pause and remember what he's done for you. I said, you need to pause right now and remember what God's done for you. Because a storm's coming. Oh, I'm not speaking doom and gloom, prophetic doom and gloom over your life, but I'm telling you, it rains on the just and the unjust. We're going to go through another storm. That's just life. But if you don't concentrate right now, if you don't focus right now, if you don't pay attention right now in this storm, it, you're not going to survive the next storm because the further you go through storms and not recognize him, the more and more you, you stop calling on him. And, and before too long, he passes you by. And you say, God, where are you at? Well, he's already down the road because you didn't take the time to remember what he's already done. And so you weren't aware when he showed up, when he showed up and he opened the door or he, or he caused you to move or he caused something to move on your life. You were oblivious to what was going on because the intensity of the storm caused you to forget and you couldn't recognize him. And he passed by your life. And you cried out. For they all, everybody say all. They all saw him and were troubled. They saw him and were troubled. When they should have saw him and said, come on board, Jesus. We got a little rocky boat, but we're going to be all right. I've seen storms shipwreck people that, that were never meant to shipwreck them. I've seen people walk out on God because they say, this is just too hard. No, the problem is, you didn't consider all along the way. And this storm appears to be bigger because God has become smaller. And your view of God has become distorted. And you can't recognize it's Jesus. I'm telling somebody right now, don't throw away your miracle. Has he done anything for you? Can we spend about 30 seconds? And I want you to take your mind back to the moment where he stepped in. Oh, this is planned. I want you to go back in your mind right now to a moment that God stepped in. And you didn't know how you are going to make it out. You didn't know how. You're, you should have been. Listen, you're, you, I'm telling, I know what you're thinking right now, young man. You're thinking, I'm not even living right. Yeah, but you remember that time you should have been killed in that car wreck? And by chance, it went by you? No. It was God leaving some fragments in your life. 
saying, I'll take care of you if you'll believe in me. I'll take care of you if you'll. I know what you're facing, but you got to look at the fragments. I, I know what you're going through, but you got to pick up some things and, and you got to hold some things with you. Jesus saying, listen, you hold on to this because the storm's coming. You hold on to this right now because it's about to get dark. I want you to stand with me right now. There's, there's no more convicting message that I could preach. There's nothing more convicting that I can preach because the Bible said it's the goodness of God that will lead men to repentance. You should have been dead when you took that last hit. You should have been dead when you walked out the last time. But he dropped some fragments in your life. And it's the goodness of God that leads men. That Ozark revival I preached, I preached... I preached by the Samson three, uh, three services, and I saw a guy come in, and, and, and he came in with, he was all scruffy looking, goatee, and all messed up. By Monday night, he was clean shaven, didn't even recognize him when he walked in. He had been bound by drugs for 28 years. 28 years. Sat in the second row in the back on the right. And at the altar call, and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Brother Samson, this is how awesome God is. We had a bilingual service, and I never preached with an interpreter like that, okay? I, I, I never preached with an interpreter right beside me, and so it, it messed with me. I'm telling you, it messed with me. And I, I apologized to the pastor. I said, I'm sorry, I've never preached with an interpreter. And I didn't. But I'm sitting there, and I'm preaching. And he's repeating and preaching, and I feel like, man, this is horrible. This is not good. Losing my train of thought, trying to get it. And then at the altar call, that man lifts up his hands. And the pastor goes back, prays with him a little bit. And I go up to him and I just start praying with him. And he's not, he, he's lifting his hands, but he's not really responding. I mean, when you got 28 years of living your life, he told us later, he said, I, I, I stopped believing in God. And he's sitting there and he's praying and there's not much going on. And I just grabbed him like this. Sorry, brother. I grabbed him like this. And I pulled him into my, in my chest like that. And I just held him like this. I said, he loves you. And big old tears started rolling down his face. And it wasn't five seconds. It seemed like it just, boom, the Holy Ghost just filled him. Started speaking in tongues. I'm telling somebody right now, when you remind people that God loves them, when you remind people that there's a God that's dropped little miracles in their life all along the way, and, and, and the fact that they're here is a reminder that God is good and, and God's not giving up on them, I'm telling you, there's a response that comes out. Why did I say this? Because there's somebody here tonight that you're bound, you're afflicted, you don't think God loves you, but hear the voice of this preacher. He loves you. He's got a future for you. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. He just wants you to remember what he's done and come and give him praise for it.
He wants you to just worship Him. Oh, you know what I feel right now? And I don't mean, I, I know you, I, can, can we just hold off on a, on a song? Is that okay? You know what I feel right now? I feel like we just need to lift up our hands and love Him. I feel God's wanting to step in here in a special way. Because somebody came in here with a heavy load. Somebody came here thinking I'm not going back. I'm just doing it to be a favor. I'm just doing it to be kind. But I'm telling you, God sent this preacher to tell you he loves you. He, he, just, he just wants you to remember what he's done for you. He wants you to me- remember the prayers your mama prayed. He wants you to remember the Sunday school lessons. He wants you to remember the times you should have been snuffed out. But he stepped in. He wants you, he wants you to remember. Can we just praise him a little bit right now? Can we just love him a little bit right now? Can we just extol his name? Exalt his name. Come on, let's pray right now. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me. Come on, let's praise him right now. Let's turn this sanctuary into a praise, into a prayer meeting, into a, into a rededication of our lives, our memory. I don't want to get too busy, God. I don't want it to get too dark, God, that I forget. I don't want to get so callous. Hey, hear me. I don't want to get so blessed, God. That's what Moses' warning was. You're about to be blessed, but don't forget. 